Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of Success Hackers. This is your host, Scott Hansen, business and marketing strategist, best-selling author, speaker, and of course, your podcast host right here on Success Hackers. Hope you guys are having a great day because we have an amazing guest that's going to come on the show here in a second. For all you loyal Hacker Nation listeners, you know I love you guys. Thank you for continuing to listen, spread the word on social media. You guys are constantly actually going on to iTunes, clicking on Success Hackers, and leaving a great review. And every time you leave a great review or a rating, it really bumps us up in the rankings on iTunes, and we get a chance to impact and empower more people when that happens. So if you got 36 seconds today, go on to iTunes and leave a rating and review. That would help the show out a ton. Today's Success Hackers episode is brought to you by IWantMoreLeads.net. If you're looking to grow your business and getting more leads towards your business, make sure to check out the free video on how to generate all the leads your business can handle. Just go to IWantMoreLeads.net. Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. Are you ready to learn some strategies from a top business expert? Well, today is going to be one of those days where you're going to want to take some notes. If you're on a treadmill, if you're, you maybe want to listen to this later, because I'm telling you, this gentleman is going to share some serious nuggets with us. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Ron Carucci. Ron, you ready to rock? Let's do this, Scott. So glad to be here. Oh, I love that. Ron is the co-founder and managing partner at Navalent, working with CEOs and executives pursuing transformational change for their organizations, leaders, and industries. He has a 30-year track record helping some of the world's most influential executives tackle challenges of strategy, organizations, and leadership. Let me do that again. He has a 30-year track record helping some of the world's most influential executives tackle challenges of strategy, organization, and leadership. From startups to Fortune 10s, nonprofits to heads of states, turnarounds to new markets and strategies overhauling leadership and culture to redesigning for growth, he has worked in more than 25 countries on four continents. He is also the best-selling author of eight books, including the recent Amazon number one, Rising to Power. His work has been seen on Fortune, CEO Magazine, Inc., Business Insider, MSNBC, Business Week, Smart Business, and Thought Leaders. Ron, welcome to Success Hackers, man. It's great to have you on the show. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you and your and your listeners. Absolutely. Well, I gave our Hacker Nation listeners a little information about you and your business. Would like for you to share a little bit more. Yeah. So at uh, Navalent, we spend our days uh, traipsing through the messy journey of change with with organizations and leaders who are at a variety of stages of growth. They could be in the startup phase. They could be the trying to scale phase. They could be the trying to capture new market share phase or, God, we're stuck in a ditch phase. But wherever it is, we join them in that story and help them you know, strategically 
organizationally and personally figure out how to combine what they need to combine to get the changes they need to happen. Take us back a little bit to how you got started in this business. So organizational behavior has been my background for uh, a lot of years. I think I, I began externally in a consulting firm at a college um, and then spent the next 15 years working inside big companies um, as an organizational development, you know, organizational psychologist person trying to affect change. My passion to make organizations and the organizing of human endeavor better uh, was going to be best lived from outside the organizations I was trying to help. And so began that journey about 20 years ago. And then after eight years, some friends and I started our own firm uh, 12 years ago uh, at Navalent and have been here ever since. Well, congrats on 12 years. That's a hell of a feat in and of itself. So congrats on that. You're obviously, you guys are making an impact with all kinds of individuals' lives and organizations. So, but I want to know one thing. After 30 years of helping these companies grow and helping executives becoming better leaders, when you look at maybe some of the intangibles, the business owners, the execs who are crushing it, what traits do they have that you found? Uh, so gosh, great question. They, they don't get stuck in the, the near term. They're not they're, the sense of immediacy to solve a problem, the urgency of quarterly earnings, the oh my god, I got to make payroll and keep the lights on. They they don't get stuck in uh, false levels of urgency. They're able to keep an eye on a longer term horizon. Um, would be the first thing I would point out as leaders that that sort of get my attention. The second is they are just genuinely invested in other people. They don't. It's not a head fake. It's not. Um, I, I'm supposed to look like I care about you, so I will. It, it's really a genuine fascination and passion for others' formation and their and their greater good, um, and it just comes naturally to them. They they spend their days not just thinking about their businesses and, and the growth, but they really care about the people that they're bringing along the journey with them. Yeah, it's amazing when you start talking to individuals that are playing in the small to mid market and even in the larger market, obviously. It goes from lead gen, from a smaller individuals that I work with, smaller companies to lead gen and, and, and getting to that next level, level of growth, um, to team and leadership that becomes a lot more prevalent than what it was when they were smaller, let's just say. So when you're dealing with these business owners or these, these executives, what's maybe one thing? I mean, there's probably a lot of things, but the one thing, the one sort of, red neon sign pointing to these individuals that are keeping them typically stuck? Is it, is it their mindset? Is it a vision? Is it strategy? Is it people skills? Is it communication skills with their team giving directives? What's one of the things that you found? Well, so I'll give you a part A and part B. The first is, is for the organizations themselves. I just had a call this morning with a tech startup in, in Silicon Valley who's doing some great work. The five people, they just got their second round of funding, and they have no identity. It really is a question of identity. When you ask to see a strategy, you get a, a cheesy vision statement, you get some financial goals, you get the investor pay- payoff schedule, mm-hmm. you get a mission statement, you get um, a target quotas for products, you get market segmentation, you get all kinds of um, counterfeits, but you don't get a sense of who are you in the marketplace? Why would people choose you over other people? What makes you different and special? Real strategic identity. And the absence of that makes for decision, you know, havoc on decision making when they have to make choices and trade offs. They can't do it. The second part of that is they're too much at the center of the story. It's very difficult for entrepreneurs to separate themselves from 
their business. As their identity becomes so intrinsically linked with the business, it, it, it becomes very confused. And so the enmeshment of who they are to what they're doing is too, too tied to their own sense of significance, and everybody around them has no room to play. And so they just cast this really big shadow, and every decision they make is so personalized to what they're doing that they cannot think about the greater good of the business and separate themselves from it so it can actually grow up. In, in the bio, when I read your bio, it, it seems like you guys have a sort of a wide gambit of verticals and types of individuals and companies that you work with. It doesn't seem like you've sort of chosen one niche or the other. It seems like from startups to you know mid-sized companies, et cetera, Fortune 10s. When you work with such a wide variety of individuals, again, the, the solopreneur up to two or three people on the team is a lot different than someone that has a 100-person organization. So what's one or two things, and you probably help them with a lot of things, but what, what's one or two things that Navalit brings to the table when it comes to helping these individuals? So uh, you're... you're, you're um you're wise to point out the pattern you see, Scott, that, that we're, that we're, ag- we're agnostic to industry or size. Right. Uh, for us, an organization is a system, right? It is a collection of um, uh, hardware and software. Your software is your culture. It's your people. It's your personal aspirations. It's what you want to stand for from an operating principle point of view. It's also your hardware. It's your structure, your governance, your processes, your scalable systems that make you able to grow efficiently without adding cost. And the collection of hardware and software is nothing more than an expression of an identity. So if you have a strategy, and this is who you say you are, and this is what you want to accomplish, you have to take that and put it into a machine, and out from that machine comes a set of results. And in the middle of that machine is your organization, your hardware and your software. And it is always configured to deliver a strategy. So it doesn't matter if you're five people or 80,000 people globally, um, you have a system that's trying to produce some outputs. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about that machine holistically. Too often consultants come in and they, they, they'll what they do what they think is a strategy work or they'll change the culture or they'll do training for the people or they'll do process reengineering or they'll add technology. They'll tweak one part of that machine and then wonder why no results came out. It's because it's no different than your human body, right? You have an infection in your body. If you treat a symptom and not the whole thing, the infection doesn't go away. And so I think what makes Navalent very unique is that we're always looking at the system and the, and, and the ways it needs to change. Um, you can't just change one part of a system without affecting some other part of it. And most leaders don't think about the social and technical aspects of their organizations. They just think about, you know, the next amount of revenue they have to bring in or right. they, they, they think about whatever is the most immediate thing. But they're not thinking holistically and that's the, that's the perspective we can bring for them. And I know in your own bio, man, you've been featured in all kinds of magazines and you've written all kinds of books. One of the things that when I work with my uh, business owner clients as well is to really stand apart from everybody else that does what you do. And I don't care, frankly, if you're an attorney, if you're in the IT field, if you're, you know, in the, in the wedding planning business, you have to be able to separate yourself. Besides the good work that you do, besides the obvious, how do you just kind of get above what everybody else is doing? You've done that with being featured in all these different magazines and writing all these books. Someone right now is listening saying, you know what? I do X. I own X business. But I really want to separate myself. And again, we could talk for hours on this in terms of processes and mindset and strategy and tactics and strategy, all of that. What's maybe one piece of advice you would give that person listening right now to be able to stand apart, whether it's getting inside of getting, uh, you know, in, in, inside media outlets or being on, uh, being an interview like this or something that's going to make them stand out? What's one piece of advice? 
Well, so it, it, it's funny you say I've done it because I, I, I hired a coach a year and a half ago. I hired help. I didn't know what to do to distinguish myself. I thought I was doing everything I needed to do as a thought leader to stand apart and let my ideas prevail um, and didn't understand why I wasn't attracting the kinds of clients I wanted to attract. And so I hired an expert. I hired a coach. And I would say ask for help. Um, there are lots of folks – I mean there are lots of – in the bad sense, hacks out there who just think they know about yeah. you know, digital content marketing or thought leadership. But there are some really brilliant experts out there who really can help you think about how to really refine and communicate uh, a very unique special idea that's only yours, that the world needs, uh, and how to get that idea out there. And I, I, a year and a half ago, Scott, if you had told me I would have done the things I've done, in the last 18 months, I would have told you you were nuts. But I hired a great coach, and she's kicked my butt for a year and a half and we continue to do great work together and I, I, I'm I grateful that you know I, I chose somebody who showed me that A, not only did I not know what I was doing, I was doing everything wrong that I thought was the right thing to do and B, had a great path and a great, uh, great direction for customized to me that has allowed me to gain exposure and um, a level of influence and um, it, uh, thought leadership credibility that I would have never had otherwise. So ask for help. And Hacker Nation, I, I hope you really got what Ron just shared. Um, and I don't know Ron outside of this interview. We talked a little bit beforehand, but we, we Ron actually got referred over to me from uh, a mutual friend who was also on this podcast. And what Ron just shared is really a breakthrough. I hope you guys got this. If you're a business owner right now and you feel stuck, whether you talk to Ron and Navalent or me with my company and helping you, it doesn't matter where you get the help as long as it's credible help. I'm assuming for a lot of years, Ron was on a specific path. He thought he was doing the right thing. Their work spoke for themselves in terms of Navalent. They brought a lot of great work, but Ron wanted to separate himself from everybody else that does what he does. So he can get on podcasts and be on interviews and radio stations and TV and et cetera and write books. He hired a coach. He got help. But he was ready. He was ready for something different. And that's why I always say to business owners, if you've been in business for quite some time and you know that you do want to get to the next level, there's this thing called our ego. <laughs> and our ego stops us from getting to the next level. So many times it's happened to me in my business, in my personal life. And when I've taken a step back and I've asked for help, it's amazing when I've actually let the ego go and I've actually asked for help in a lot of areas of my life and God, the universe, Buddha, whoever you dig the most puts the right person, the right people, the right organizations in your path. And as long as you're open to it and you're not shut down from it, you're not closed off by it, wonderful things like that has happened. And my God, look what happened to Ron over the last year and a half. Look what he's been able to do. And it can literally happen for anybody as long as you're open-minded. So in your own business, you guys are uh, doing some great work, but what's maybe a nut you're trying to crack right now in your business or maybe even a problem you're trying to solve? Uh, great. So uh, it, it is, in fact, demand creation. <laughs> we, it's, we, we're, we're here 12, we've been around 12 years, and most of our business has come from great referrals or CEOs leave one company and go to another and bring us with them. And I have been the prophet of doing my firm saying it's supply and demand, not just supply. <laughs> and you know, for all of our great work, um, I think the, 
you, you said something interesting to your listeners before about work standing apart. Well, you know what? In a crowded place where there's a lot of people claiming to do the same thing we do, using mm-hmm. the same language, it's it, it's hard to separate the hacks from the yeah. real deal. And so we we needed to, we needed to sort of disperse our risk and not have all of our eggs in one basket in terms of clients and really be able to attract quality clients. I think that for me was the personal goal. Is I don't want to work with sociopaths. I really want to work with great leaders. <laughs> Who want to do great work, and and they were not finding me the way I believed they should be able to find me. And so we, about a two two years ago, as a firm, you know, shortly after that, I hired my own personal coach to help me. Um, but we said I, I'm almost insistent I'm going to be Darth Ron here, and we're going to do this. And I got the rest of the firm. They reluctantly and not so always willingly, but we now launch a quarterly magazine. We have a newsletter with a great list. We do, we're doing phenomenal, um, content digital marketing. We have great analytics and a dashboard. We, we hired, we also asked for help. We hired a great digital marketing firm specializing in content marketing for professional services firms. They came in and did great work for us. And we now have, it's nascent, but we now have a great platform on which to continue to build. We're going to do our first virtual summit later this year on leadership, a space that, that device is not being used in too much. So we're learning. But boy, it's, you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs, Marketing is a dirty word, and whether it's because their own, they believe the self-evident brilliance of their product should prevail, or they believe that if you build it, they will come. Um, they don't understand that you have to tell your story. The world has to be able to find you. It's really crowded and noisy out there. And yes, among 7.3 billion people, there could be the right 2,000 that need to find you, but then you shouldn't just assume that's going to happen on its own. So we're still, it's a new muscle for us. We're still trying to figure out how to do it well. Uh, when we're also trying to deliver great client work for our clients because that's not our specialty. Um, and it's hard. It's a great problem to solve, um, but we're still trying to solve it. Hacker Nation, again, it just goes to show you that, I mean, these guys have been doing some great work for a lot of years. This is not a startup. They've been around. They have a track record. They have referrals. They have great testimonials. But yet they've realized, or Ron, Darth Ron, <laughs> realized that uh, in order for them to continue over the next 10 to 12 or 15 to 20 years, they needed to uh, maybe rethink or maybe look at the, the business a little bit differently than maybe they have in the past. And I always say this, you've got to always be reinventing yourself or you will be out of business very shortly. And marketing, digital marketing, doing the, the, uh, the, 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 you know, the newsletter and doing the summit that he's doing, just other ways to touch his target market and to, again, stand out. And I think that's such a valuable lesson for every single person that is listening here on, on the show. So I want to actually uh, pivot for a second and uh, and ask you one question. Can you get vulnerable with us for a minute? I can. So I believe, Ron, that all high performers and successful individuals maybe look at failure a little bit differently than most people. They actually use failure as what I call feedback and course correction. Take us to a time, one time, and I know we've had on 108 now individuals and they've all failed multiple times, so that's kind of the theme for the Success Hackers podcast is every one of these high performers has failed multiple times, but just take us back to one time when you failed. You might have even almost wanted to give up, but you actually used that one failure as fuel for your success fire. Well, you're absolutely right. I've got dozens I could point to, but um, I think back back when I was inside organizations and young and immature and impulsive and wanting to build a career um, and naive, politically naive about what it meant to be inside large multinational political machines. And it's you know part of part of doing great change work means telling the truth. 
Yeah. It means being honest about what is happening today so you can align people around what needs to happen tomorrow. And mo- in most big organizations, the truth is dangerous. Um, and and so rather than learning how to tell the truth in a credible way, I, I became belligerent. I became pushy. I became um, – I, I bucked the, the political system and judged it harshly um, rather than learning to work within it. Um, and there are some people who do a great job of that. For me, the learning was you can't influence change from a place where you make people wrong, even mm-hmm. if they are wrong and even if they're ill-motivated and if they're even doing evil in the world, you, you, doing evil back to them by making them publicly shamed or, or being harsh or judgmental isn't going to help influence change. And I, it took me a couple of you know rough experiences inside corporations, and my children um, watching me collect these great th- things that they loved because these things meant more time with dad. They were called severance packages, and I, I, <laughs> I, be, I began to collect them uh, because of my inability to f- either well finally conclude that that inside a corporation was just the wrong place for me. You know, I, I, I learned that gosh, what got me thrown out of big companies got me paid a lot of money outside those big companies for the same exact behavior. Mm. So while it's not rational that that that's how it went, I had to accept it and realize that I was you know, for me to passionately and in a good way help those corporations succeed and change, I couldn't be part of one. And so I went and started my own. That that share the same values about telling the truth and being honest. And I think that's one of the things our clients love about us most is that they never have to worry about the truth we're going to tell them. They never have to worry that we're going to withhold a point of view or, or pull our punches. They can, they can sitting in chairs where getting good data is almost impossible at the top of an enterprise. They can trust that when we walk in the room, they're going to hear the unvarnished and complete story. Uh, and even though it didn't feel good, we're on their side and we can help them figure out what to do with the story next. What a great life lesson. I mean, really, talk about pivoting and, and realizing that it maybe wasn't working over here. I needed to look in the mirror and, and to realize some things about myself. And it sounded like you did that, but you also at the same time decided to say, you know what, maybe this thing over here called the corporate world isn't for me. So let's go over here and start this move business. <laughs> you shared with us earlier some strategies, but I want to shine what we call the success hack spotlight on you, Ron Carucci. So let us peek behind the curtains of one of your clients and what you maybe teach them or go over with them. Just one. Obviously, we can be here for hours, but just one success hack that you can help our Hacker Nation community who maybe they feel stuck. They don't know what to do next. And obviously, this is a loaded question, and this can go in a million different areas. But for the sake of brevity, what's one thing you teach your clients on how to look at maybe they're different a little bit, look at their business a little bit differently, or maybe even look at themselves a little bit differently. So I would say the light bulb moment for us was in our – we did a 10-year um, research study on leadership. What, what's been known for 20 years, Scott, is that executives on the way up in organizations, about half of them or 60% of them fail within 18 months. Um, they suddenly go from being brilliant in the middle to disasters at the top. And uh, when that started to become our own clients, it became really personal for us. Because we didn't understand why for 20 years that's been okay. Of course, the recruiters love it because it's an annuity. Yeah. But but it was watching really good men and women with great potential suddenly have all this carnage behind them and destroy careers and missed opportunities made no sense to us. And so we went back 10 years, looked at to find out what is going on in these organizations that's causing all these, these disasters. We isolated 100 leaders in mid-ascent to sort of follow them over the course of several years on the way up to see what were the landmines they were stepping in they didn't know about. 
And more importantly, we were able to isolate the leaders that thrived. What were the ones that we, we, we had IBM Watson reading texturebytes of data for us, and it was fascinating and so exciting to watch these ideas come to life. And what it was that these exceptional leaders did that not only got them to rise up but thrive when they were there. And so there were four things those, that data revealed, and that's what I'll, I would tell your leaders. Mm-hmm. The first is, is breadth. Um, these leaders understood the, how, how the whole system fit together. They didn't, they didn't fancy one discipline because they grew up in marketing or sales. They understood the breadth of the organization, and they worked the seams. They understood how to go from playing first chair to conductor. They understood context. They could contextualize their solution. They understood their industry. They knew who their competitors were. It's astounding, Scott, when you walk into a company and you say, well, how do you make your money? They, don't, they can't deconstruct their own P&L. These leaders knew how they, the context of their business and how it competed. They were phenomenal decision makers. They could make choices. They didn't just go from their gut. They didn't get data analysis paralysis. They could blend intuition, analysis, data, and other people's voices to make brilliant choices, and they could say no. They were not afraid to disappoint people. And the last was they had phenomenal relationships. These people had deep – these were the people everybody wanted to work for in, the, yeah. in these organizations, right? We all have seen them. With their bosses, their peers, and their direct reports, they just were highly regarded. Um, and the, the scary part for me, you know, after 99 regression analysis of his data, I didn't want to have to say that to be great, you had to do all four well. I wanted to say, well, isn't three out of four good enough? Could you just like be great at two, okay at one, and suck at another and still be good? The data said absolutely not. The data said you either did all four well or your risk of failure was really high. So we were very excited to publish that data. Actually, uh, Harvard Business Review selected uh, that data as uh, 2016's Ideas That Matters Most for Leadership. And I think more than anything else, Scott, it's the emails, the tons of emails we've gotten from leaders saying, you saved my career. Oh, my gosh. I, you, you finally could put language. I thought I was in space. I thought I was an alien. I thought I was crazy. I didn't know what to do. And your book gave, us, gave me a roadmap. And so knowing that the, the men and women who are good, good people, who deserve to be impacting, who deserve a shot at great leadership careers, um, are being helped. Not just one success hack, but four he just shared. So Hacker Nation, rewind, play, rewind, play, rewind, play that section because, man, did uh, Ron just drop some nuggets. And really, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's what this show is all about, to let someone like Ron share what he's sharing with some of the top you know, business owners and CEOs on the planet and for us to get a piece of that and really understand what they do. And, you know, speaking of your book, give us a quick Cliff Notes version of what rising to power is and then how can we, uh, how can we get a hold of that? You can, uh, so, uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can come to our website, www.navalent.com and you can find it there. Um, it's on a bunch of different retailers. Um, it's in, in, you actually still in a lot of airport bookstores too. Um, okay. in a nutshell, it was 10 years of research to find out what is it that makes a leader be able to rise to the top of their organization, regardless of the size of their organization, but to preside at the top of the house in some broad enterprise role um, and succeed there. And what are the landmines on the way up that could trip you up in that ascent that do have derailed many careers? Mm-hmm. And so the book is a roadmap for, to take you by the hand and walk you up that ladder and make you succeed once you get to the top. Love it. And Hacker Nation, we will have this on the hack, uh, successhackers.net page, uh, obviously the show notes page for uh, Ron, so make sure to get your hands on that because uh, 
I'm sure it's a game changer for so many people that have already read it. So, Ryan, we're actually going to shift some gears. And we're going to enter what we call the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the success hacker's version of the hot seat. So whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Ron Carucci, are you ready for the randomness round? I am ready. Best advice you've ever received? Nothing in life is irrevocable except death. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? I make sure I say thank you to somebody or I affirm somebody for the great work they're doing. You now own a time machine, Ron. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self give your 25-year-old self? Stop obsessing over what other people think or want or need. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? I hope uh, it would be, and obviously it's others that decide this, that it would be generosity and a sense of humor. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? Well, it's certainly debatable if people have eaten, but I love to cook and I think I'm a good cook, but you have to ask people who've eaten the food. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Besides your own, of course. Dory Clark, stand out. If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service to our Hacker Nation, what would it be? Uh, Lead Feeder. It's a great analytics tool to track uh, your website analytics and find out who's been there and why. So, Ron, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. Whew, this has been oh, incredible. Oh, I did okay. It's always beats a sweat on my forehead here. Oh, well, you did great, man. Thank you so much for sharing these incredible success hacks with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you, your business, and, again, your book and anything else that you want to share? Would love to have them come visit us at www.navalent.com. We have a quarterly magazine you can sign up for. We have great blog content about all kinds of leadership and organizational challenges. We've got great downloads of white papers. We've got some free ebooks um, and, a, and a bunch of great people to come and meet. So come and visit us there and hang out for a while. Perfect. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net. That's successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Ron along with some other really cool resources we have on the site. Oh, when you're on the site, do not forget to click subscribe so that you don't miss any of these latest and greatest episodes. Before we end the show today, I wanted to make you all aware of something really cool that I have going on right now. As I mentioned in the open, besides being the creator and host right here on Success Hackers, I'm also a small business strategist. I actually help small business owners grow the number of clients, increase their revenue while helping them get complete clarity around creating and sustaining an incredibly successful business. As a matter of fact, I just helped a client grow his revenue by 50% in his business by working with me for less than seven months. So here's the deal for all you loyal Hacker Nation listeners. I'm offering a free business breakthrough strategy session where I'm actually going to help you create some strategies to help grow your business and I'm even going to help you find additional revenue in your business that's untapped that you don't even know about without you spending any money on advertising or marketing. The value is over $2,000 for this, but I'm going to waive a few spots, so these are complimentary. If you want to grab one of these free spots and learn more about it, just go to 40minutemakeover.com. That's 40, F-O-R-T-Y, minutemakeover.com. That's 40minutemakeover.com. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go on Live With Passion.